Welcome to What Would Amber Do? With your host, Amber Howard. Your weekly dose of guidance, inspiration, and strategies to have your small business and whole life thrive. We bring you incredible guests who share their real-life experiences of being an entrepreneur so you can have your whole life work. Now, here's your host, Amber Howard. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to What Would Amber Do? I am very excited and happy this morning to be speaking with Jessica Stevens. Jessica is a transformation coach and speaker, regional vice president for Arbonne International, and director of the Toronto chapter of Hub Inc. Jessica left a career in marketing and brand development and is really committed that people live their best lives in every area of life, whether that's their businesses or their health and well-being. So Jessica, thank you so much for being here with me this morning and, and just your time. Ah, thank you so much, Amber. Uh, so excited to be here and to be one of your uh, first guests on your on your on your new podcast. This is super exciting. It is. It's really great. One of the first things we talk about, you know, especially with entrepreneurs, is like, how did you end up here where you are today, right? What what was the <laughs> impetus or what had you choose to kind of start to look at multiple streams of income or stepping away from that typical career that most people, um, you know, start off life thinking they're going to have? So, you know, what what really started this journey for you? Oh yeah, well we're gonna have to go a little like way a little ways back, right? Um, you know, my my background is as Amber mentioned is in marketing and advertising. I had a 15 year career in that industry and totally loved it. It was super fun, really exciting. Um, kind of had that like you know uh, single girl in the city life, right? <laughs> like had the corporate career, had the clothes, had the car and the condo, and went to the parties and 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 all of that got a good stuff and traveled and shot TV commercials on top of mountains and like all of the glamour that people look, see in, you know, the media or in TV or movie representations of advertising. Um, but behind the curtain is a whole different game. Like in, in real, in real life for a lot of different industries are like, that is not what it looks like in real life. Same thing for, for me. It was definitely, uh, it's a, it's a grind industry for sure. And it's a place where, um, you know, workaholics are bred. And I was becoming one. Um, and that was this kind of scary notion for me. And I just started kind of looking around and, and looking at my boss and realized that I didn't want her job. So that was like a little bit of a, huh, you know, like if, you, if that is that supposed to be the goal is to get to the next, like follow the breadcrumbs and you see where it's leading and you don't want it. You're like, oh, maybe I'm on the wrong path. Um, and then the other thing for me is I was approaching the age in which I really wanted to be married to a human. And I realized <laughs> that I was married to my career. And I was like, oh my God, girl, you don't even have time to date. Like, how are you going to be married? Like something's going to change here. And so that's when I started to kind of fall out of love with my career. Um, but it was the only thing I ever knew. So I kind of just kind of kept going, right? Because <laughs> that's what you were told to do. Like, go to school, get a degree, you know, like, go find the, 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 the job, right? And build that career. Um, but it wasn't actually until I met my now husband that things started to change for me. And I'm so grateful that he entered into my life because that relationship was kind of like the spotlight down on my life that made me realize that I didn't own my time. And the reason for that is because it was a long distance relationship. I don't know if uh, you or any of your listeners have ever been in one of those, but let me tell you, they take up way more time than in-person relationships do. And so that was like my kind of first wake up call. Like somebody 
tells me where I have to be and when I have to be there and how long I have to be there. Like I'm going to be a hard worker like my whole life. Like that's part of my DNA and my programming, but I just wanted to like work hard where I wanted to be. Like the, the office was now becoming what felt like jail. Mm. Right. So the freedom to travel and move and work elsewhere outside of this, you know, four walled environment was what I was desiring. And that was becoming more challenging um, in that, in that environment. So that's kind of how what started it all wasn't until my husband actually finally moved to the country years later and we were together that I kind of had my next nudge and my, my next, you know, kind of tap from the universe to say, okay, it's, it's time for you and advertising to really break up. And, you know, you got to get this, get this freedom thing going because, you know, my husband's a pilot. And so, him physically being in Canada now was great. But then I kind of had that aha moment. It's like, oh my gosh, Jess, like he's actually, he's here, but he's not going to be here, right? Like he's always going to be leaving. He's always going to be taking off and going somewhere. And you physically have to show up to this office every day. So that is really when I was like, okay, like now that he's here and we're supposed to start our life together, we're still not because he's going to be going and I'm going to be staying. Um, and I, I just knew like our careers were never going to line up. And so, uh, I was already feeling the tug to leave it. And it was just the thing that just bounced me up and said, it's, it's, it's time. Let's go. Mm. I, I love what you said, like, just in terms of, cause I shared with this with you before we started the, the, the conversation that from everything that I've seen in the time that we've known each other, which I think is probably about a year now, but you know, mostly mm-hmm. on social media and stuff like that, you live a very created life. You know, you just got back from a month in Jamaica. You have a yep. number of different businesses that you run. You're, you know, hugely inspirational person for a number of women in the Toronto chapter of Hub Inc. And, and, and what I hear in what you just said about that journey is it's like that constantly being in the inquiry of like, what do I want? And that, that not being something that's stagnant Mm -hmm. and it's fixed, but it it like being an ongoing inquiry, like, okay, well, yeah, I wanted this. And, and perhaps wanting the career and all of that was a bit of a, I think sometimes for many of us, we just, we, we get on our journey doing what we, we kind of should do. We're told that, you know, what it looks like to live a successful life looks like going to university or college and getting a job and creating Mm -hmm. a career. And so we start that path. But I think for many of us at some point, which I hear in what you said is you start to go, well, is this really what I want? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and, and that tug and that pull between, our parents, our peers, society's expectations around what we should want for our life versus like actually really looking in the mirror at ourselves and saying, well, this is, this is actually my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know I, I definitely made the shift into like life, life by design, right? You can create the life that you want um, and, and put it into action. Um, so that's what I did. I I wanted to have freedom. I wanted to have flexibility. I didn't want to have to be physically, uh, in, in a building anymore. And so I went and in search of what was going to give that to me. I didn't actually search that hard. It really actually found me. And that's kind of the best part about law of attraction is like, you kind of have these thoughts and you kind of put it out there and all of a sudden the opportunities start rolling to you. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Um, you know, my husband was 
packing his bags um, one evening to get on a flight the next day to go interview for a, a job that potentially was going to have him, you know, based in another city or country. And I was just looking at him and our whole kind of life kind of flashed before my eyes. And I'm like, this is it. This is the scene. He's always going to be packing his bags and leaving. And I'm like, I got to get out of the office. Like, like I, that was the moment that I knew. And I just kind of like said it and tossed it up in my, I, my prayers at night being like, I need to be free from the office so that I can pick up and go and follow him. And literally the next day, um, I went into the office after taking him to the airport and a girlfriend called me and said, hey, what are you doing tonight? And I said, nothing, I'm home alone. Um, I, at Kirk, you know, just left. And she's like, great, meet me after work for dinner and come to an event with me. And I said, sure, what kind of event? And she said the word shopping. And I'm like, sold. <laughs> and uh, I met her and that is where I was introduced to my very first business opportunity uh, that I have with an amazing social marketing company of Arbonne. And I had never heard of the company before. I had never heard of the brand. I had never really known anything about social marketing. And here it was, you know, me saying, I need an, a, a way to get out and I need, you know, something that can help me transition out of this career so I can do other things that I want to do. I just didn't know what it was yet. And then the next day it landed in my lap. Mm. All right. And then I had the courage to acknowledge and see it and take it for what it was because somebody else could have had that same scenario scenario. You know, they, they threw it out into the universe. They put it in their prayers. This is what I need. It, it presented itself to them the next day and they ignored it. So I guess I just had that, you know, part of my brain to see that, Oh, this, this is the answer. This is the thing that I just asked for. It might not be showing up in the format or package that I thought it might be, but uh, I could see that it was, it was the vehicle for me. And even if it wasn't the, it wasn't going to be the, necessarily the long-term girl, it was the transition thing that I needed to get me going. Yeah. You're, you're so pointing to intuition, right? And I love that, like that higher faculty that we have, that ability to just like not be attached to what something looks like. But I also like what you said really reminded me of deciding like when we make, when we actually make a decision about something versus like, Oh, I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wanting, I'm like, you know, I'm curious. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> things move when you make a decision and not until you actually make the decision. Right. And then it's like, once you decide, no, I'm, I'm no longer going to sacrifice you know, romantic relationships for my career. Like, I don't want to be married to my career. I want to, I want to be married to a human being. And mm -hmm. then Kirk shows up. Right. And then when you're looking at your life with him and it's like, wow, okay. He's always going to be leaving. No, I'm, I'm leaving the office. And in that yeah. moment, you didn't know how, no, you didn't know what that journey was going to look like, but you were just like, I'm, I'm drawing the line in the sand. It's not going to be this. Right. And, and that it's in that moment. And there is nothing more destructive to the human mind and experience than ambivalence. And it's so funny because I, I find a lot of people like I, when I first heard that, that like the, you know, indecision, like is actually ambivalence. It's like, should I stay? Should I go? Do I eat this? Do I not eat this? Do I want, like, it, it yeah. just like, it's holding two altering views about the same objective at the same time. And it, and has us be so stuck in our lives and when we, once we decide, like even with buying things, you don't need the money until you decide mm -hmm. and you decide first for what you have, 
versus like what often human beings do is like, we won't make a decision until we know how it's going to work out or we have, you know, it's like we have the money and it's like, no, it doesn't. It's kind of, I think a little bit counterintuitive for most of us, how we've been raised or those belief systems that we have that it's like, no, first you leap. First you leap and then the, you know, the trampoline or the, you know, the bag is there underneath you, but first you've got to be willing to leap. Yeah. Um, a similar situation, you know, um, a little while ago, we were talking about where we wanted to, what was our next move? Where, where did we want to go? And, you know, what did that look like? And, you know, my husband being a pilot, you know, being a little bit closer to the airport was, you know, a key part of what, what we, where we wanted to be. And we were just kind of like throwing it out there and then uh, like, oh, let's, 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 you know, just talk about like what, what our ideal new home would be, what neighborhood. And literally same thing, you know, the universe answered and literally gave us everything that we wanted within a 10 minute drive to the airport. Um, and that's how we found our new home. So it, 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 I really do believe that you need to know or trust that, you know, just put the thought out, just put the, you know, do the ask and the universe will conspire with you to help you make it possible as will your brain, you know, your brain is a computer. It's only job is to help you figure out how to get it to get you what you want. So, um, if you decide, you know, this is what I want, well, then it's job is now going to find that path for you and present things to you. Um, so yeah, you got to tell your brain all the things that you want and it will start doing the math and the algorithm to make it happen. So, so inside of living a life by your design, Mm -hmm. right. Have there been any places where you've kind of bumped up against those, you know, other people's expectations or those typical notions of what it is to be a woman or, you know, be a wife or be a business, like businesswoman or an entrepreneur or any, you know, what, what has your journey been? Cause I think sometimes when, when you're living a life by design and the other people around you aren't, you can kind of deal with a little bit of There's their a little friction, <laughs> <laughs> a little friction, friction, a little bit of their expectations. Yeah. Yeah. What's that been like, um, Jessica? So for, for me, like I've, I've, you know, being that little girl and kind of having aspiring to like have that life of, you know, Oh, be married and have kids and, you know, you know, have all of those things, you know, that's kind of ingrained in us as little girls. Like I, I joke all the time to people and say, you know, having this long distance marriage was completely not in the plan. Like no little girls, like I want a long distance marriage, right? Like, <laughs> like no, no one says that. Um, but it's, it's what it was, how it was presented for me. And so I've always kind of, I guess, done things a little bit differently or untraditionally than, than most. Um, and, uh, well, it was harder. It wasn't scary for me. So it, it might've been me also attracting the challenge of doing something a little, a little different than everybody else. Um, so, you know, I got married a little bit later on in life. Um, you know, I, I was, and it started out as a long distance marriage. So that was definitely very different. You know, my husband and I had only met three times in person before getting engaged. Um, and, uh, the longest amount of time we spent together, um, was three and a half weeks in one sitting, and that we didn't break that record until we had been married for three years. Mm-hmm. Right. So like definitely not the traditional marriage. Um, we also don't have kids, um, not out of 
because we didn't want them, we absolutely did, but it just wasn't part of our, you know, our story and our path. And so now living, um, as a couple without children in a world where that is, <laughs> that's crazy for a lot of people is also very different. Um, and, you know, leaving a very successful corporate career, um, for a business that people didn't understand or didn't necessarily agree with also very different. So I've had a lot of opportunities to rub up or to be in, co- in conflict with norms, with, um, what society thinks, you know, you should do and should have, or even your, your own network of people. Um, and that's, that's going to be consistent throughout life, right? You're always going to have that. It's just how, how do you show up to it? How do you face the lion and say, you can (laughs) roar at me and I can turn around and crawl back in the cave and, and do what I, you know, you, everyone else thinks I should do. Or you can just stand there in your own power and say, it's not what I want. Um, and, and kind of roar back. Mm. It's beautiful. I, I recently heard that the idea of shoulds and like, I like to say that we should all over ourselves. Right. Oh, we do. But all like, the time. Yeah. When we're shooting, it's, we're either like judging ourselves or other people. Like it's actually, and, and versus like, really whose life is this anyway? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's so like, I hear you talk about little girls and, and little boys, but as parents and, and, you know, I'm a parent, I have like the kids and I really do believe like, no matter what I say about my ex- own experience of parenting or, you know, and just in, as human beings, we do the best we can with the knowledge that we have at the time. And, and, you know, really no kid comes with a manual manual <laughs> yeah. on how to like do it right. And, 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 and for obvious reasons, there is no way to do it right. Everyone's like everyone. I think that's one of the challenges in life is so many people are trying to do this thing called life the way it's supposed to be done when there's like 8 billion people on this planet. And each of the, each of us has our own unique journey and and what makes us happy and fulfilled and satisfied in life. Um, So I, I think, but though when children are little, they are so susceptible to our other people's notions, you know, and, and it's just all like, and we know there's like scientific evidence from the world of like mind studies and, and looking at neuro neurolinguistics and, and neurology, like children do not have a conscious mind until they're seven. So literally anything that gets put in there about what life should look like, it just lives for them. Like that's the truth. So yeah, I, I think it really is important you know, the conversations are the conversations are unconscious parenting. Like, are you bringing awareness to the messages that you're giving your children or what they're being exposed to, or, you know, what's in their environment? Um, I think, and the more people do that, and, and I see that happening more and more with parents, I think we'll probably see a shift around children having this notion of, of what their life should look like and kind of growing up with that. Right. And then yeah. in some way feeling like we failed, like we may love our life, but somehow subconsciously it's like, oh, we're not, we're not doing life the right way. Uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely a little bit of that. Um, and, you know, what we observe as kids and and who's around us and what that looks like, you know, like my parents met when they were 13 and 14 years old and they lived next door to each other. So like they mm-hmm. literally married, my dad married the girl next door. My mom married the boy next door. So um, 
you know, talk about giving a little girl a complex thinking like the first boy I, I meet my very first boy, that's the one I'm going to marry. That was so not my story. And I think as soon as that didn't happen, I knew like it was all the dolly house is broken at that point. So I was like kind of free to make my own path and decisions after that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting how those, those seeds of belief and you know, show up later on in our lives when we don't even realize that they were planted in us when we were kids. Yeah. 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 Such a beautiful way of talking, of saying it. The seeds of belief. Hmm. So talk to me a little bit. Like you said when you went that night with your friend, she invited you to go talk about or go to an event about shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, and social marketing, you didn't know anything about social marketing at the time. I think that's been five years for you now since you've been with Arbonne. Or is that long? Uh, yeah, so six years. I'm coming up on my six-year anniversary. So yeah, five, six years. Um, I was I had a little bit of awareness about the industry, but it was definitely like an outdated notion. And I, I, I really didn't know really what it was about. I knew, you know, there was there was products to be had and it wasn't sold in a store, but how it all kind of worked and how you built a business and all the stuff, I was clueless about. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you said that it, uh, you know, in that moment when you went to that event, it occurred for you as an opportunity. Talk, talk a little bit, a bit about that, right? Because like for lots of people, and I, I mean, as a, as a woman who studies business and teaches business, I think network marketing models, social marketing is, is, you know, a great model. I think in a lot of ways, it makes a lot of sense. And I love how you put it. There are people who have very outdated notions mm-hmm. of what social marketing is, network marketing and oftentimes, instead of looking to the people who are very successful, they talk to their aunt sharing who is like, right. <laughs> they talk <laughs> who to knows nothing. You, you choose to talk to the people who didn't, weren't successful, and then form your opinions based on, on talking with those people and those experiences. And it's not to invalidate their experiences. Um, but what is the opportunity? What is the real opportunity of social marketing for you? Having, so you know, from your background me, as in marketing, but also from your own experience working in it. Yeah. So what I loved about it and what drew me in was the fact that it was a part-time business that I could build alongside of my existing career. Um, and it would give me the flexibility of doing both, mm. right? Because we're, we're, we're told, you know... Oh, you got, you got to be all in to be an entrepreneur. You have to like put your whole heart and soul and, you know, go for it, which is true. And especially in, you know, the traditional entrepreneurship space, but now in this world of social and um, e-commerce and it's, it's easier to become an entrepreneur and start a side hustle um, or a second, a, a secondary business alongside of something else easier now than it ever had been. Right. Especially from a cost perspective, like it doesn't cost us uh, quite the same <laughs> to start a business now as it as it used to, and so that was really appealing to me because I was not in a position to walk away from my career. Like mm-hmm. my husband had not found his um, first job here in Canada yet, so I was still a hundred percent, you know, responsible financially for us, and I would be for a long time because that's also part of the immigration agreement. Is like you sponsor somebody to come here, you are responsible for them financially for a significant amount of years. Um, and so walking away from a six figure career wasn't even in like, isn't, it wasn't an option, but I knew that if I didn't start doing something, I was going to 
continue up that ladder and it was going to be harder and harder to let go of that. Um, so I, I just started to do something alongside that I could grow incrementally alongside of my career um, to the point where one was going to, when one would hopefully start outpacing the other. Um, and then you can kind of do that switch. And so that's exactly what happened for me. I, I did it part-time uh, nooks and crannies style, wherever I could, you know, gather the hours and I dedicated uh, to it um, for us, you know, a, a few years. Um, and I was really tired. I worked really hard. I had, you know, my 40, 50 hours, hour work week uh, in my, in my job. And then I put a significant amount of time into to the business, but then it paid back big, like, you know, big time for me that I could have more choices and I could, you know, decide what I wanted to do uh, after that. And I chose to let go of the things that were no longer serving me and what wasn't serving me was showing up to an office to, to work for another company. So that's what I want people to really understand is like, you can make the opportunity what you need it to be. Like, you know, social marketing companies, uh, there's so many of them out there. Um, and, you know, for me and my brand, it can be what it is you need it to be for you. Some people do it for a little extra side cash. Great. They love what they do. They just want a little extra. Awesome. You know, you can have a little extra. Some people use it like I did as a transition vehicle out because you don't love where you are and you want to be somewhere else. So instead of walking, I jumped on the, the vehicle of Arbonne to help me get me there faster. For other people, it's about community, right? They they, they just love being part of, you know, the community of these companies have because there is a really rich culture in it. And some people are doing it, you know, for the personal development and the growth because, you know, this, <laughs> to be a business owner, you need to like really grow. And so it, it was how they got into their personal growth game. And it just happened to have a business alongside. It checked a lot of boxes for me. Um, and I was, I wasn't a product person uh, but I was a marketer. And so I knew, um, even though I necessarily didn't know how to contour or use um, some of the products in the lineup, I knew there was a lot of people out there who who did and loved uh, loved it and would. And so I didn't let my own uh, limitation of not knowing everything about the beauty industry or the health and wellness industry stop me. I just went out and, you know, learned the extra stuff that I needed to learn, but also you don't need to be an expert because that's not the point of, of the business is not to be an expert in, in any of those areas, but to share your personal experience with the brand as a brand ambassador. Yeah. And truthfully, I was, you know, even though I said I wasn't a product person at the end of the day, when you go home and you open your cupboard and you look at all the things that you, you do, you do use, you're like, Oh yeah, I actually have more products than I think I do. And so I just literally converted, you know, where I was putting those dollars. Was I going to go to, you know, the retailer down the street and spend the money and buy those same things? Or was I going to buy them for myself um, and represent a brand that I truly backed and believed in and, and knew was doing good things in the world. It was a simple choice for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I love that, you know, you said it checked a lot of boxes. I, I think it it is a good model for a lot of people for many of the reasons that you said. And, and I think part of them, it, you know, if I look back at my own journey, I think it's also, again, getting clear about what you want, right? When you say it checked boxes, you had boxes to check. You mm -hmm. had done the, the looking. Boxes. Yeah, you had done the looking. You knew, okay, the, you know, and for me to 
to shift my career or for me to do whatever, it's got to look like a certain, a couple of certain things, you know, probably being able to work remotely, being able, you know, clearly you're someone who loves people and connecting with people and empowering people. So like whatever that is, but I, I think one of the reasons why people don't necessarily always and this is true in business in general, but it, you know, I think especially social, social marketing is they don't take the time to actually look at, well, if I'm going to do this as a business, what do I want? Right. Do I, do I like talking to people about essential oils? Cause I, I know I've done that. I've like bought certain things, you know, young living this, that, and I wasn't even necessarily thinking about them from a business perspective, but I think people, don't do the work up front to actually be in the inquiry with themselves. What do I want? Because you're right. There are so many different social networking companies out there. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's like you want to be in services through like ACN or Primerica or something like that, or you, you know, you want to be in products, what kind of products, but I think it's so much more powerful when it comes from what I want and how I want to serve other people versus like, oh, I'm trying to to make money. Because I think, you know, I know for me, that's the first place I lose power in my business is when it starts becoming about making money and it stops yeah, yeah. becoming about the contribution and service I am to other people. And um, when you serve other people, the money comes. Like they, it can't not, right? Law of compensation, what you put out absolutely. comes back to you, right? But so why not have your service be something that's authentic to you? Yeah. And that's the, you know, in the two years that I, I did my business alongside of my career, that was the thing that I learned is that the, the, the part about the business that I love the most was the helping the people. Right. And so that's where I excelled in the business um, in helping others, you know, get started, get going and, um, and learn and learn the ins and outs of running a, a digital uh, franchise business, like one with Arbonne. So I found my niche, I found my groove, I found the sweet spot in my business and that's what helped me continue to grow. So um, yeah, I service has to be at the heart of whatever any entrepreneur is doing. Um, you know, most people think, oh, you get into business to make money. No, you get into business to solve a problem in the world uh, or for people. And then the, the byproduct of that is you are financially... Um, compensated along with emotionally compensated and spiritually compensated, whatever, however it is that you want to be compensated for that, for that act of service. Um, And it, you know, it will be, you will be provided for when you do it. So yeah, it's, you gotta kind of flip the script as to why people start a business. Yeah. And and I love that. Like I, in my studies over the last few months, I've been really like looking at this notion of leaving others with the impression of increase, like life itself. And I've shared about this book a number of times. You guys might get sick of hearing about it, but Wallace Waddles, The Science of Getting Rich, you know, where he talks about life inherently is for increase. And and I looked at this last night, I was with my students at U of T and we were talking about benchmarking and, and business and growth in businesses. And I was saying to them, it's even in businesses themselves, like that, that, that um, the impetus for increase what, what business says, oh, I've got 20 clients, I'm good. Oh, we made a million dollars last year. Okay, we're just going to hang tight and make a million. It's like no, you're plants going grow everything, every living thing. And in, in, in a lot of ways, businesses are not like a living thing in the traditional sense of the word, but they are a creation and, and life is for increase. And when you are someone 
who leaves other people, whether it's in your personal life or your professional life, whatever, I don't necessarily think there's like that big a difference. Um, but it, when you're someone who leaves people in life bigger, having been around you, mm-hmm. then, then they want to, to continue working with you. They want to be served by you because their experience of being served by you is that they, there's more value that they, you know, they're always getting more value than they're paying for that they, they, you know. Um, it's really, it's really interesting that you talk about that. So when I, um, was in the advertising industry, I worked at a very famous uh, ad agency called Ogilvy and Mather. You may have heard of it. And, uh, David Ogilvy was a very famous advertising guy back in the days of Madison Avenue in New York. Um, and he used to have all these quotes. And one of the quotes that uh, he had was, uh, if we hire people smaller than we are, we will become a company of dwarves. But if we hire people bigger than we are, we will become a company of giants. Um, and so that was that kind of impetus for the leadership team to go and hire really smart people and, 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 and make sure that they were bigger and better than we were to continue the growth of this company. Um, and I took that quote and it was kind of like the thing that sparked me when I started my own business and, you know, bring, building a team with my Arbonne. Um, and so I, I, I call this team giants because I wanted to go and find people who were in that growth and giant, you know, mindset um, and find people who are going to be even better at the business than I was, right? Like that was my goal was, you know, to enroll people who could bring so much that this this business could grow and we would be a, a pack of giants, you know, doing amazing things in the world. So that was kind of the inspiration behind, you know, my my team that I started to cultivate and grow with Arbonne was, you know, all being giants and having that mindset of being a giant. Yeah, I love it. I think great leaders have other people get their greatness, right? It's not about oh, do people think I'm a great leader? It's about, no, like you leave other people, you know, the other people on your Mm -hmm. team have the experience of their, their leadership and their bigness. And, and this idea that if you're someone who wants to have an impact in the world, whatever that is, right. To whatever scale, not all of us want to, you know, transform humanity at the level of the globe like that. And it doesn't have to be that, but your ability to impact others is, is, limited if you're the one who's doing all of the work, right? So it's really about how can I um, empower other people so that I can impact greater and greater amounts, whether it's in a a network business or, you know, anywhere in life, whether you want to be a serial entrepreneur and have multiple companies, whatever that looks like. Yeah. I, that was my kind of desire is to help people, you know, awaken the giant within them, whether, whether they were, you know, had a giant heart, they had giant, you know, work ethic, they had giant, you know, people, whatever their giant, you know, um, personality was, that's what I wanted to help them find and shine. Really great. So mm-hmm. how does this all connect in? Cause I know a lot of the, what your focus has been, you know, and I, I know you're still doing your, your Arbon business and, and many of the other things that you do coaching people, but how does this like share the, with us, how the transition to hub, where did that all come from? You know, I love yeah. what you're, I love what you and Mary are up to in the world for female entrepreneurs. How did that, uh, how did that come about? So I had just wrapped up, you know, um, a, a season with TEDx, um, and, uh, an amazing organization, um, TED, TED Talks, most people know them. So I was um, helping a, a local TEDx 
at chapter, you know, do their first conference. So I was coming into that. And um, a friend of mine uh, who I, I met through networking uh, called me one day and said, Hey, Jess, I, I had, there's an opportunity I think, you know, might be perfect for you. Um, I don't know what you have on your plate right now. Uh, but have you ever heard of Hub Inc? And I'm like, no, what's Hub Inc? Tell me more. And she told me about this women's um, entrepreneur community, you know, supporting entrepreneurs and teaching them new skills and bringing them together through networking and community. And 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 I'm like, oh my gosh, that's totally my jam. She's like, I know. Um, and they were looking for a new director for Toronto, um, which had been the home chapter. And, and the founder, Mary, was looking for someone to replace herself because she wanted to focus on business development and grow hub to become a national organization and international and you know uh, she needed someone to take take reins of the, the local chapter so she could go and do that um and so i was introduced to mary we had a conversation you know told her a little bit about myself she told me about the vision of hub and inc hub inc and what she wanted to do and who we they were as a community and uh, i enrolled as you know their new director so i've been in that role for this spring will be two years now um, and, uh, it's great. That's how I met you. We host ex business accelerator events to teach women skills that they may not know that they are, they're going to need in their business. Um, it, we help them with, you know, networking and building their communities. Um, so it's a really great space and, you know, we, we thrive on helping entrepreneur women in all areas of their life. Right. So it's not just the business side, but, you know, how, how are you looking after things at home or how are things in your health? How are things, you know, so, so you're a full person. So you're a whole person. So you're showing up for your business in a, in a really big way. So yeah, that's us at hub. Uh, we're across the country uh, as East as Ottawa right now. Um, and as West as uh, Vancouver, um, BC and uh, many chapters in between. And, and rumor has it, we're going to be expanding into some more areas really soon too. So great. Yeah, I love the community that you've created and, and all of the different things that uh, you just offer both in the, the free online community and then as well for those of us that choose to pay. And I think it's like so worth it, that mm -hmm. networking, that ability to be with like-minded people. I, I think, you know, they say your, your net worth is your network. And I think like so many of us as entrepreneurs have feel like we go it alone, Right. So getting that you can, that there are communities that you can step into in whatever capacity that you want. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and grow your own leadership or not like, but just be there to, to contribute or be contributed to depending on what you've got going on in your life. I, I think that's great. And I, and I love just both you and Mary are such incredible, warm, welcoming. It's, you know, it really is. You do have the experience of being part of a community that's bigger than yourself, which I think is really great. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, and we're so happy to have amazing members like you who do great things and contribute. Um, uh, because you know, it's it's truly the people that make it as wonderful it is, right? The, the makeup of who's in the community, what they bring, their different talents, the diversity of different businesses, the diversity of different people. We can learn from each other. Um, that's what really makes the group phenomenal. Is is the, is the members? Yeah, so true. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I love asking, because so much of being an entrepreneur is like self-generating, right? It's like, you don't have a boss that's sitting there saying, okay, you know what, just gets time to, you've got this deadline, you got to get this marketing thing, you know, this campaign out and it's got to be done by Friday. So much of being an entrepreneur is like, 
And, and I actually used to say this as a single parent, uh, you know, you're, if, if your life is a boat and you're, you know, you're on your own with your kids, like you've got to generate all of the energy to keep the boat moving. And oftentimes it feels like your kids are like tugboats trying to pull the boat in the opposite direction. (laughs) And so it's, you know, have that ability to have why having a partner is so nice sometimes is they give you that, you know, when you you might be feeling a little bit down or, you know, they kind of like, okay, honey, it's the end of the day. You, you know, I'll do the dishes, you do the garbage and then we'll watch a movie or we'll cuddle or whatever. Right. But having another person to kind of help engine, you know, fuel the engine of the ship, but as entrepreneurs often we're on our own. And so what are, I think it's important for us to kind of have inspiration or motivation or, and so where do you source that from for you? What are some of the inspirations you've had over the years that have had you kind of keep expanding and getting up to bigger and bigger things in your life? Um, (laughs) Great question. Cause yeah, there's definitely times when you're like, um, me personally, um, I'm, I'm a very competitive person. (laughs) Um, And so that's been really helpful for me and not in competition in the sense of like, Ooh, I'm going to outdo you or whatever, but I, I see what other people do and their achievements and it inspires me to go and do same or do more. Um, Not because I want to outdo them, but because it's for a personal, like, Oh, they did it. I can do it. Kind of a, an attitude. So I do have external, obviously, inspiration from a lot of leaders in, in my organization who have paved the way, have shown me it's possible. And so that's also really helpful when you know it has been done. It kind of takes the the block away from you to say, you know, is, can I do this? I'm like, well, if she did it, I can do it. Um, so that's been helpful. Um, so having that little bit of that competitive, you know, spirit inside of me um, has been good. Um, but also just knowing that you, 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 each of us have been put on this planet for a purpose. Um, and to know that you will always have an opportunity to improve, do more, um, excel. And, and that's not about not being grateful for what you have or what you've achieved and, and celebrating in, in the moment, but just knowing like your work's not done yet. Right. Um, and there's so many more people, um, who can benefit from, from you showing up. So that's a really good thing for me as well. Um, and I'm not going to lie, like, you know, for 15 years of working in, in the advertising industry, um, being a borderline workaholic, I know how to work hard. (laughs) Um, uh, but what I've been able to do now is work smarter, um, and at work at a pace in which is sustainable so that there isn't the burnout. So for me, it's not about doing all the things right now and go. It's about pacing out myself, knowing that I can do them all. They just will be scheduled um, in a timely fashion um, so that I can do them all. Um, and I think that was the, the, the best lesson for me as an entrepreneur is how to pace myself mm. uh, and not just like out of the blocks and just go. Um, and uh, so that's been helpful for me so that I, because when you are on your own, you can't let, let the oar down. Like, you know, you, or you will drift and the current will take you. Right. Um, and, uh, having, you know, other people in your boat to help pull too, really helpful. I was, I was, uh, on the rowing team in university. And so that whole concept of my business kind of like this rowboat, um, it helped me to 
keep it going and keep momentum happening so that you're dividing the work amongst many. So um, it's not 100% on you all the time. So that's the other thing is to bring in a really good team to support you um, in different areas so that you can maybe relax in this spot over here because someone else has got it, just like you said, in, in partnership. Um, so even though you're a solopreneur, that doesn't mean that you're you're on your own fully. You have other people in your life who could step in and, and support you in different areas so that you can focus on the things that really only you can do. Yeah, so wonderful. Asking for help too. This has been my big breakthrough in the last couple of weeks is just really getting, I had a hidden belief around asking for help. And once I distinguished that, it was like miracles, magic, like things just started flowing when I got, mm-hmm. oh, you're not a person that's alone in the world having to try to do all of this out there. Like there's all, as much as you love to help people, they love to help you, Amber. Duh. And it's so funny because on the other side of quantum leaps like that, like real shifts in your thinking where you discover something that's been hidden from your view. And for me, that belief was that Amber asking for help was shameful. No one else. Other people could ask for help and that was fine. But when I asked for help, there was something somehow something shameful about that. And and it really does like we talk about energy and we, you know, we kind of like coming up in the conversation this morning, law of attraction, all of that. You put all of this energy back, but you've got to be willing to receive it. And one of the ways that you receive that energy back that I've discovered is by asking for help, letting people know that you need help. Instead of like, you're, you're someone who's got everything handled and, and you're mm-hmm. strong and you can do everything on your own. So I think, uh, what are the other things I heard in what you said about the analogy of the rowboat, which I think is really great, is making sure everyone in the boat is rowing in the same direction, right? So whatever that looks like for you, and there's a, there's a boat for everyone, but you've got to make sure you get in the right boat. Like I mm-hmm. surround yourself with people who are, you know, share your values are, are pulling for you to win and, and you for them to win. And, and I think that then you get that synergy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all about filling the boat um, there, you know, with the seats and making sure that the people in those seats are aligned to um, the same goals and the same, and the same mission. Um, and it'll help you get that boat. So there so much faster with so much ease, less friction, and it'll just gr- glide across the water to that finish line. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for your time this morning. I'm sure this won't be the last time that we speak in various different ways, but in the on the podcast over the years, I'd love to have you back and just Absolutely. you know continue to be grateful for partnership and friendship and getting to know you better. And, and thank you for sharing yourself and your journey with us this morning. Well, thank you for having me. It was an honor. Um, and I look forward to um, listening to the edited version of this uh, when it goes live. And, um, you know, for sure, as a member of Hub, you know, we're going to be in contact. We're going to collaborate and do some other cool things this year, this year, I'm sure. So thank you, Amber, for having me as a guest. You're welcome. And for those of you listening, thank you for joining Jessica and I this morning. And you can, you'll be able to check out information about her and Hub and all of the different things that she's up to in the show notes. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. For show info, visit whatwouldamberdo.com. And for information about Amber Howard and Associates offerings and services, visit amberhowardinc.com. 